0: Welcome to New Life Miami. And thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are love. Today I'm gonna to be continuing the series on paradise. And I want to be honest with you. Out of uh, about 20 years of ministry coming up now, I've never proceeded somebody in a series. So this is my first time ever doing this. Um, But with Rego, I I get it. It happens all the time. I have a lot of first moments with him. So I'm going to take this and run with it, right? Because it is what it is. Amen. I want to thank, before we start, the guys in the back for your work and your service. Amen. Can we give them a round of applause? And uh, Friday night was definitely in my prayers, as um, I have a heart for the generation as well. Um, have any parents in the house? Can you please raise your hand? Parents in the house. How many parents want a break next week? Free break next week. Check it out. Um, next week, Monday through Friday, uh, you guys have a church uh, down south, and that's called The Way Miami. Next week, Monday through Friday, we've been preparing for VBS for about a month now. And uh, we take that stuff very seriously, especially with our children's ministry. If you want to drop your kids off at 6 o'clock and pick them up at 9.30, man, that's some good stuff right there. From 6 o'clock to 9.30, um, just drive them over there on Monday. You can register when you get there. And if there's some fees, I'm sure they're going to be very minimal. I'm talking about very, very minimal. Um, We're expecting about 100 kids there. And uh, it's called VBS, of course, and this year they have an awesome theme. It's important that we invest in our children. Um, I have a 13-year-old. I need you to fast for me and pray for me. Um, she's a beautiful girl. And then I have an 8-year-old uh, pinball maniac. I need you to pray for me for that kid too, but he's also a blessing. I am going to drop them off with a bow on Monday and say, have them. So um, not only that, but they get to learn of the Lord, and that's awesome as well. Amen um, let's get into the word this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for what you're doing here in your house. And Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you give me your words, O God. Give me your mind, O Lord. Allow every word that I share from this pulpit be directly from your throne, Father. And once again, Lord God, I thank you for every individual that is here, Lord God. And Father, if this is the first time here, O God, I just pray that you reveal your love to them, Lord God. Embrace them with your arms of love, Father. Lord, we love you, and we honor you. It's in Jesus' name, and together we all say amen. amen. All right, so I'm going to pick up this uh, topic on, on paradise. Um, I do have your app, and I do check out some of your sermons um, uh, here and there, depending on the titles, and, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but I've been following you guys, and, and I'm, I'm just excited with what God is doing. And Pastor Rico had mentioned to me that he was leaving town, and he was doing a series, and I said, yeah, I'll pick it up right where you leave off. So I had to hear his message like three times, um, and uh, it was a blessing. And uh, today I get to talk about the heart of heaven. And um, I just want to be honest with you. The only way a heart is revealed is by action. Can we say amen to that? You could tell somebody you love them. You could tell somebody that you dislike them. You can tell them whatever you'd like. But the honest truth is this, is that your heart is going to reveal what you feel. Hmm. You can hide it for a little bit, but at the end of the day, your heart will reveal what you feel. So today I want to talk about the heart of heaven. And, and how is the heart of heaven revealed to us? Well, through its actions. And what was the greatest action heaven did? Send its son, Jesus. So in order for you to, re- to understand the heart of heaven, you must be revealed the heart of Jesus. Because that's where heaven is all at. Um, a quick question today. How many of you... If you were able to, and Jesus appears to you today. I know Pastor Rigo asked last week, you know, what is a picture perfect um, paradise for you? Betsy has some major issues. She is, she's in denial. There's nothing like paradise here. So thank to like what she has desired of paradise. She's very far from it, but praise the Lord for that. That's where our faith kicks in. That's where our faith kicks in. countryside is good, but chickens and all that, I'm like, man, come on, man, but whatever. We're going to keep going. Um, What if I were to tell you today that Jesus would ascend from heaven once again, and he would take your place in your life? What would you say? Here I am. Take it, right? (laughs) Have it. What would this mean to us? Well, your heart would take a rest. Your stress and everything else you go through on a daily basis would take a rest. How would you react to Jesus saying, hey, can I invade your life for a day? Can I invade it for a day? Just one day. Let me invade your life for one day. I'd say, have at it, Jesus. Take it. Come on. Just just come and do what you got to do. Imagine if, if Jesus would sleep in your bed. He'd walk in your shoes. Your boss would be his boss. Your mother becomes his mother. Your pains become his pains. How would you feel about that? Let him have it, Jesus. Let every single one of those people have it. One exception, nothing changes. Nothing changes. Your pains remain the same. Your struggles remain the same. The only difference is, is, that Jesus runs your life with his heart. Every time we think of Jesus invading our lives, we consider that everything changes. But in reality, the only thing that changes is us and our hearts and our lives. That's when you know the heart of Jesus. See, I believe that when we allow the heart of Jesus to dominate our lives. Somebody shout dominate. 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 I'm talking about dominate. When the heart of Jesus dominates our lives. We are now saying that his priorities, his passion, and his love directs our lives. And that's the heart of heaven. The heart of heaven is not about you receiving what you want even when it comes down to your prayers. That's not the heart of heaven. The heart of heaven is that it transforms mankind to the likeness of Jesus. That's the heart of heaven, where God looks down, and the only thing he really cares about is that your soul now will rest in eternity versus it perishing in hell for the rest of its life. Can you give the Lord a clap offering this morning? Give him. I think about, you know, my boss is, you know, my, my brother is my boss, actually. Like, we work together, you know, vice versa. We have a couple bosses in our lives. But I, I, I would think of, I used to have other bosses when I worked in, in, in school. And by the way, I see Danny here. Where's he at? There he is. I taught that boy Bible when he was in ninth grade. Amen. It's good seeing you. Um, I, I really think that in our lives, when we look at who we are, it's very important that we understand that just because we have the heart of Jesus Things around us don't change. When heaven comes down, sometimes things around us won't change. But one thing is certain. In here, everything must change. Um, I want to ask you a question. Can you imagine what your boss would think of you if you had the heart of Jesus? What would your family think of you if you had the heart of Jesus? What would the less fortunate think of you when you see him on the same streetlight every day asking for money? If you lived life with the heart of Jesus what would your enemies say about you if they experienced you with the heart of Jesus would they feel more mercy I'm trying to allow you to understand that the heart of heaven is to drastically invade our lives as individuals I believe that when we change within ourselves in our heart where Jesus does that transformation That nothing around us will affect us. There's no sickness. There's no hatred. There's no loss. There's no want. There's no need that can ever move your faith if your heart is the heart of Jesus. Can you give the Lord a clap offering this morning? Amen. So let me talk a little bit about the heart of Jesus and how heaven is revealed in his heart. First and foremost, um, I think they have the verses that are going to be popping up behind me here. I'm going to be jumping around briefly uh, different places, so follow me. Um, First and foremost, God wants us, say this, God wants me to think and act like Jesus. That's what Christianity is all about. That's what church is all about. To think and act like Jesus. There's no celebrity... There's no popularity, there's no lights. there's no smoke, there's no event that can change you like Jesus. We have a lot of people sitting in the churches with multitudes of people and people think that it's success and that God is doing some great things when in reality nothing is happening. It's like you having a million dollars in the bank and being miserable with your life. Just because you're a celebrity and just because you have money, everything must be right. Incorrect. Just because every chair is filled and you're packing the house and you have nine services, it doesn't matter. I have a quick analogy because I went on a rant there and I have to express myself. If you know me, you know I've driven trucks my whole life. I'm just a truck guy. I've an in debt for trucks. I'm just a truck guy. They got my heart. And um, if you're not familiar with what a mega cab is, um, let me explain to you what it is. Two men can lay on the floor in the back of your truck and four can sit on the chairs. It's a really big truck. I've always told people this. When I fill that truck... I'd rather have five big dudes than ten skinny dudes. Right? At least when I get in a fight. I want the strong guys. I want the big guys. And that's what I think about church. We want the strong ones. Numbers sometimes don't matter. Can I jump off that? I might jump off that. So God wants us to think and act like Jesus. In the book of Philippians chapter 2 verse 5, it says this, In your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. And that's what the heart of heaven is all about. That it invades you in such a way that you no longer think the same. That your mindset is differently. Like, if you're married or you're not married, your mindset is different. When you're not married, your mindset has changed. It's not about trying to look for somebody with your own perception, but to see what God has for you and wants for you. When you're married and you come into a covenant of loyalty and faithfulness, it's God, give me your mindset for this divine covenant you've given me. So when we come to the understanding of the heart of heaven, you must understand that your mind must change. Because you'll never grasp heaven if your mind is not holy and sanctified. You will never grab Jesus if your mind is never sanctified. That's why so many people denied him and rejected him when he walked on this earth. Because their mindset was natural versus it being eternal. So in order for us to grasp this heart of heaven, we must understand that God must change our minds as well as the way we act. You know, the new person is made to be like God. If you are a child of God and you've come to the understanding of who Jesus is, the process is this, that you are new, you are different, you are born again, you are a child of God. It's not like you used to be. So things have to change. Your mind has to change. When your mind changes, your actions change. I could put a bunch of rules here and tell you to follow it, but if you don't know the heart of the teacher, pleases the teacher you're always going to have to go to those laws but the honest truth is that God wants to write his laws in your heart so that you can have the mind and you could live the life that God has called you to live that is the heart of heaven the heart you're there hallelujah you're listening I can close the service off right now to be Christ-like that's what heaven's heart is all about what else do you think the heart of heaven is about Why else would he send Jesus, his only begotten son, to die on the cross for you? For you to be healed by cancer? It's to save your soul. It's to change your soul. And the only way your soul gets to heaven is if your earthly life is invaded by the power of God. Give the Lord a clap offering today. Hallelujah. You guys are making it very easy for me to preach this morning. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, let's talk a little bit about our acting, the way we act. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, some powerful verses. I'm reading out of NIV, by the way. It says this, to be made new in attitude of your minds. We talked about that. And then it says, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness the heart of God is not only for you to change what's in here but when this is changed then your actions change And if you can't say to yourself here today that I am trying and God makes me holy and righteousness, then you do not understand the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within you because that is what makes you holy. He wants us to have his heart. He doesn't want you to have the pastor's heart. He doesn't want you to have your leader's heart. He doesn't want you to take on to your heart what your grandmother taught you or your parents enforced in you. He wants you to have his heart. The heart of Christ. See, that's what changes our lives and everything else around us. The heart of Jesus. To be like Christ. That's what changes things around us. Nobody, you know... When somebody's suffering an illness, and um, I love the opportunity to pray for people and talk to people about the healing hand of Jesus. I love it because, and I was sharing with one of your sisters here today in Christ, that in order for us to know that God's a healer, we got to be sick. You know, the honest truth is this. People don't care if I've been healed or not. They just want to see me. They want to see my heart on the matter. And so many people are just waiting to see your heart on the matter. Because they don't care what you've gone through sometimes. Look, I've been talking to people for a long time in my life. When Maori said, you know, a lot of people started here in their youth group. I was Maori's youth pastor. You know that? I was his youth pastor. Tito, where you at? Oh, Tito, man. At the age of what, Tito? 11? Huh? I don't know. We're, I don't even know when I met Tito. It was my neighbor in my neighborhood. But I showed him the love of Jesus in his life. Just the heart of God for him. I'll never forget when we were in a car. Can I share that story, Tito? So we were driving in a car, me and my wife, well, my, my girlfriend at the time, um, which is obviously Pastor Ego's sister. Um, we were in the car. Yeah, just in case you say, hey, what girlfriend it was. I've only had really one girlfriend. It's been my wife. I was with her in the age of 15. Pray for me. I'm 40. So, so Tito was struggling with this issue he had with drugs. And uh, I was driving, and and he's just having this mental fight within himself. You know when people say you're crazy when you speak to yourself, just don't talk back to yourself, and you're okay? Tito had full conversations with himself. And, um, you know, I'm talking with him, and and I'm just saying a couple words, and he's talking and then answering himself and talking and answering himself. And all of a sudden, he says, that's it. I said, what, man? What's going on here, you know? He grabs the stamps that he had. There were Phoenix the cat back in the day. There were some stamps he had. He threw them out the window. He says, that's it. I didn't do anything. All I did was show him the love of Christ in my heart, that I loved him, that I cared for him, and that all I wanted was his salvation, and that God would take care of the rest. You know, people say that, you know, God loves you just the way you are, and... Um, That is true, but he loves you more that he won't leave you that way. It's a false message of "come as you are." (laughs) As false as can be. You could come as you are, but you ain't staying the same. Your dressing style will change. Your appearance will change. The way you talk will change. So that's just a lie to get you here. Come as you are. That's the biggest lie a church can do. We accept everyone. Yeah, we do. But if God, if you have an encounter and God invades your life and the heart of Jesus is now transplanted in your heart and now you are a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, then you will never be the same. You know, let me talk a little bit about the love of God because some of us have a wrong understanding of the love of God. You think his love for you would be stronger if your faith were stronger. You think he would love you deeper if your thoughts were deeper. And I want you to understand here, don't get confused with God's love and man's love. And when I say man, I mean both genders. Don't get confused. Our love increases and decreases by our actions. Don't you dare lie to me we're in church. It's true. Our love depends on performance. If you do good, I love you good. If you do wrong, I love you less. Don't lie. You won't text him. You won't call him. You'll ignore him. You won't even serve him his plate of food. Don't lie. I've been married for 17 years. God's love is not like that. It does not depend on our success. It does not depend on what we do or what we not do. As a matter of fact, Pastor Regal said it clearly last week. We ignore him, we reject him, we despise him, we disobey him. But one thing is certain, he has never changed. And he will never change. He knew you'd disrespect, he knew you would ignore, you, he knew you would reject, he knew you would despise, he knew you would disobey. And yet he came down from heaven, hung on the cross, went in the grave, and went back to where he belongs to reign with the Father for you. That's the love of God. That's the heart of heaven. He looked down and he saw mankind destroyed and he says, I have to do something. And the only way I could do something is by invading their lives, transforming their minds, and changing their lives. You know, your evil won't diminish his love. Your consequences get higher, but his love remains the same. I'll repeat that. Your consequences continue to get worse, but his love remains. Our goodness cannot increase it. Our faith does not earn it. His love is there. His love will always be there. That's what paradise is all about. The unconditional love of God and the work of Jesus. So let's talk about the heart of Christ. And these are some things that, four things if you're taking notes that I want you to relate to, I want you to write down, and I really want you to take it home with you because I don't like preaching and saying things without teaching them and sharing exactly how this works. So we've talked about the heart of God, right? We've talked about how it's revealed, uh, the heart of heaven, how it's revealed in Jesus, how he wants to change our minds and our actions. But I really want the heart of Jesus. We mentioned that, right? So what does Scripture show us about the heart of Jesus? This is awesome. What is The Bible teach about the heart of Jesus. Well, first and foremost, the heart of Jesus was pure. You write that down. The heart of Jesus was pure. Now, where does the Bible teach us this? You know, this is something that we must understand because as Christians and we walk on this earth and we talked about certain things that we go through in life, to have a pure heart is golden. You know, I I look at Jesus and I see his life. And just think about Jesus for a second when he comes down to this earth, he did everything he had to do, and he's hanging on the cross. And in the midst of him being on the cross, he forgave mankind before even mankind asking for forgiveness. Just think about that real quick. His heart was pure. Listen, if I was hanging on the cross, I'd be like, burn these guys. But before we ever even asked for forgiveness, Jesus said, Forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And not one had asked for forgiveness yet. Look at what a pure heart Jesus possesses. God, receive that revelation today. Before you ever asked for forgiveness, Jesus forgave you. The people that beat him The people that spit on his face, he had a pure heart. Nothing like a little adversity to prove what a heart is all about. Come on, church. Nothing like a little bit of adversity to prove what your heart really possesses. His disciple says, truly, this is the Lamb of God. Another disciple says, this is the salvation of mankind. In the midst of his rejection, the people that he came to save, his nation, they rejected him. His heart was yet pure. (sighs) God, let us go through some heartache. Let somebody get sick. Let somebody pass away. Let you go through some financial issues, and your whole world crumbles. Where's your heart? To have the heart of Jesus, let it be pure. Let it be pure. Because I'll tell you one thing. In due season, your heart will reveal itself, and it will blossom. Not now, not tomorrow, but in due time, it will blossom. The heart of Jesus was pure. It was so pure. Man, get that. He gave forgiveness before it was even asked for. It's as pure as it gets. He's being beaten, stabbed, a crowd of thorns. You guys know what I'm talking about. And in the midst of all that, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus' heart was at peace. It was pure is number one. And the second thing, to have the heart of Jesus, it was filled with peace. And as we talk about these things, think about the examples that I gave you as we opened up. May it be with your boss. May it be with your mother. May it be with with an issue. Whatever the case is, have a pure heart. And the next one is a heart of peace. Peace is priceless. You know, you look at the stories that the Bible tells us in regards to Jesus and his life and the disciples remarkable stories I'll I'll talk about a couple here just to prove the peace of Jesus and our mindset and our hearts do I have any anxious people in the heart let's let's tell the truth and shame the devil do I have any anxious people can I have three people the first three people to please stand up anxious people come forward here first three people shame the devil and tell the truth come on we all have problems Worship leaders are the most anxious people in the world. No, you come up. come up. If it's four, fine, you can come up too. I don't want to. Come. Just come, 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 come. They're all women. You see that? That's why I pray for a lot of husbands, man. I'm telling you, man. It's hard to say this, but imagine they were the disciples, right? But it's, you know, it's generally not correct, and we need a couple more, but. Okay, imagine we're walking, right, and there's this huge multitude following us, right? Obviously, you're not disciples, and I'm not Jesus, but they're following us. They've been with us all day long, and um, everybody's hungry, and Jesus is going about his business. Who's going to be like, hey, who, what are we going to eat? Who's going to say, what are we going to eat? What, what are we going to eat? How are we going to get the money for it? Like, what's going on around here? What are you doing, Jesus? Like, our minds are just running rampant right now, right? We're like, oh my God, look at all these people. You know, you're Jewish and, and you've left your culture and your religion and everybody looks at you like you're crazy already. So your mind's running right now. You have a huge problem at hand. There's thousands of people and they've been following us and now we have to feed them, right? You know what Jesus does? what do you have in your lunchbox, um, little child? Betsy's screaming, hopefully it's not my chicken, just kidding. <laughs> from my paradise. But Jesus looks at the child and says, what do you have there? Imagine, Molly, how are we going to feed those people with just the lunchbox? And then you say, yeah, I know, how is this? And you just start murmuring and complaining. And Jesus was at peace. What do you have? Give me that. Then he gets the disciples, he says, I want you guys to sit down and eat from this. He's at peace. No matter what's going on, we're in a boat now. We're in a boat. Any boaters? Good. I like you even more now. We're in a boat. Jesus goes to sleep. A storm from hell rises up. There's no pills around. It's just you in the boat the rocking boat the waves you know bashing us and jesus is doing what he's at peace he's at peace and then who wants to ask jesus if he really cares anyone then what's your name Vanessa, Vanessa rises up and says jesus do you even care jesus what are you talking about he's at peace Have you ever met those people that have a heart that is always in peace? Do you understand what I'm trying to express to you today? That Jesus was peaceful in the midst of all things. So we're in the Garden of Gethsemane and we're hanging out together and all of a sudden we see a crowd walking towards us. And um, Judas is leading the crowd. And Jesus is sitting there and saying, oh, evil, today is your day. Read read the story. Who wants to be Peter? You can't do it again. Have you done it yet? have, Have you been an example yet? No. Okay, so you're Peter in this story. So Jesus knows that he is going to die on the cross. And here comes a multitude to take me, Jesus, to be hung on the cross. Peter says, no, 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 no. And Jesus says, what? At peace. Jesus comes out, takes out his sword, slices off the soldier's ear, and Jesus says, come on, man. What are you doing? He didn't say to him, you're so unfaithful, you're a sinner, get out of here. He says, Peter, what are you doing? So with all peace in his heart, he grabs the ear and just puts it right back on. Because Jesus' heart was filled with peace. So, it has to be pure. Adversity will challenge that. And we must be peaceful. Troubles will challenge that. Thank you very much. Give an applause for the anxious people. Praise the Lord. The third thing, That as individuals, we must possess to have the heart of Jesus is our hearts must be purposeful. Purposeful. One thing I love about Jesus, that he had the authority, the power to say when his time had not come and to say when his time had come. Don't tell them I healed you. The hour has come. You get that? He had his heart directed with so much purpose that he looked around himself and he said, Don't tell anybody of what just happened. My time has yet to come. Then when they walk to him in the garden and when he reveals who he is, then he says, My time has come. May the will of the Father be performed. When you are driven with purpose. When you know when to start something and you know when to end something. When you know when you start to try to heal something or you know when you wave your hands up in the air and say, Jesus, take control because I can't deal with this any longer. He had a purpose in the book of Luke, chapter 19, verse 10. Look at the purpose of Jesus here today. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. What a purpose! I tell you today, if the church has the heart of heaven, then we must possess the heart of Jesus, and this was a purpose of Jesus. Your purpose to be saved is not to sit in this chair, although it is, but you know you, you understand what I'm saying. Your purpose is to fill in the chair next to you. The purpose of a Christian must reveal the heart of Jesus. so as Jesus expresses his heart. He shows that he is what man needed for salvation. I love this one. The heart of Jesus was spiritual. The heart of Jesus was spiritual. You know, we talked about, and I opened up the service, talking about different circumstances in your life if Jesus were to invade it. And telling you how would people look at you and how would people describe who you were without changing your life. The only way they can get a fair answer is the way you act. And your heart on the matter. Think about those things I opened up the service today. Place a pure heart. Place a peaceful heart. And place a purposeful heart. How will your life change if that was the case? Drastically. The heart of heaven is... No shorter than changing your heart. So, this one I may stay here for a little bit today when it comes down to the spiritual aspect of his heart. You know, the heart of Jesus reflected the intimacy that he had with the Father. The heart of Jesus was revealed in his prayer time with the Father. This Christian walk relies on the spiritual relationship we have with the Father. The fact that we can look at life and say, Father, I want to be spiritual and I do not want to be carnal. I want to see you in the Spirit. I want to be led by your Spirit. I want to see you. I want to hear you. I want to feel you. Some of you guys are saying, what are you talking about? If your heart has changed, you understand what I'm saying. God, I want to hear you. I want to talk to you. Then you have to be spiritual. A heart cannot be spiritual when you bring in earthly and worldly things. If you want your heart to change from an earthly, natural state to a spiritual and divine one, then you must have a relationship with the Father. And by having a relationship with the Father, you cast out the things of the Father of this earth. You can't be spiritual with a little bit of earthly. You seen that guy sprinkle the salt on the meats and stuff? You can't grab Christianity and put some world in it. It's going to mess it up. It's going to mess it up. You can't have a little bit premarital sex before you get married. It just doesn't work. In order to have a spiritual heart and a heart of Christ, then you must remove the things of this world. That's what the kingdom of heaven is all about. You think you're going to dash a little bit of world in your life when you see the Father in heaven? It's not going to happen. But we as individuals and in today's generation of church, we allow the sprinkling of the world in our spiritual lives. And Jesus showed none of that. He didn't want anything to do with the world. He didn't care if it was seeker sensitive. He didn't care about any of that. As a matter of fact, he offended half the people he dealt with. You know, he didn't give blue boxes. Show me a scripture that Jesus gave a blue box. I'm not bashing that because I give a, a, a brown bag. We give a brown bag with a coffee drink. I mean, we give you a bottle of water as a believer. We got a parking spot for you. I mean, we'll comb your hair if we have to. But Jesus didn't do any of that. Check this out. He was so spiritual that nothing in the natural could come against him. Listen, if our hearts would be spiritual enough, this world would not affect us the way it affects us. If your heart was totally sold out for God, then this world wouldn't be attractive. Our hearts must be spiritual. Oh, Pastor, I I, I just don't know how to do that. Well, I, I do. You ready? Change the radio station. Stop going to the places and change friends. Let's see how spiritual you get. Try that. Take three of those. Text me. Robert has my number. A bunch of you guys have my number. Text me. See how your week goes. Try that. To be spiritual is to talk with God, to understand that God calls us to pray and seek him, to be led by the Spirit. It's interesting because... The first message Jesus ever preached, do you know what he said? The first words he shared? Before he opened up his mouth, he said this. For the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then he preached. That's a spiritual heart. You know, there are some people that say, oh, you're too spiritual. I can't deal with you. Oh, you know, everything you do, you're related to Jesus. And I don't know about that. Well, then you know what? I know who you're going to come to when you have problems. Because they usually go to the spiritual one. Let me ask you a question. When you have an issue or you have a problem, do you go to the one who's filled with the world or the one who's filled with the spirit? And let me be honest with you, church. They know who they are. You can lie when you come here and dress differently and change the station when you drive in, but they know. If nobody's asking you to pray for them, let's talk about it after service because there might be some issues in your life. With that being said, I'd like to talk about the heart of humanity and who we are. Our hearts at times seem so far away from Jesus. If I have some friends, you can help me out here. We talked about God's heart being pure. And so many times we take within our hearts the approach of being greedy. You know, Jesus takes the approach with his heart about being peaceful But humanity's heart is just problematic. You know any problematic people? Dude, we run the other way. We talked about Jesus' heart being purposeful while we take on the heart of being distracted. If you could just understand your purpose in this life, then you won't be distracted. Think about that today. What has God called you for? What is this paradise thing about? The heart of heaven, what is it about? Stay focused, man. Stay pure. Be peaceful. Be purposeful. Remove the greed. Remove the problematic spirit. Remove the fact that we get distracted easily. Be purposeful. And when you look at the heart of humanity and Jesus, Jesus is as spiritual as it gets, but we tend to get as earthly as possible the distance between our hearts and his seems so immense how could we ever hope for the heart of jesus i'm going to give you earth shattering revelation right now this is going to change your life forever it is the most spiritual surprise you will ever hear ever in your life the fact that you come to the understanding of Jesus already gives you power to perform like Jesus. If you are in Christ, you already have the heart of Christ. You hear that? If you are in Christ, you already have the heart of Christ. Paul says, It is not I who lives but Christ who lives in me. When you come to the understanding of Christ, then everything else just melts. You know, in order for you to receive the heart of heaven, you must really analyze and examine your life and where your heart is today. Because if not, you'll miss this glorious series, this summer series you got going on here. The heart of heaven is here for you. You don't have to do anything to receive it if you know who Jesus is. So right off the bat, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior here today, today's your day to accept Christ and say, Lord, here I am. I believe that you're my Savior. But if you know Jesus already, then your prayer today is, God, transform my heart and allow me to be Christ-like. Transform my heart into one that is pure, one that is peaceful, one that is purposeful, and one that is spiritual you will never understand today you will be in paradise with me if you never get the revelation of who's next to you. That thief understood who he was talking to. And because of his understanding of who Jesus was, Jesus looked over and told him, today you will be with me in paradise while you worship God and you have your quiet time and you're at church, when you recognize who's in the house, that the presence of God is here, that you are a dwelling place of the Father, then you understand that Christ lives in me. Can I share a testimony with you guys? You know, like you, I'm I'm sure... um, You've gone through battles and adversities and and situations where you need the Lord to fight your battles. Do you have any friends? Moments where you look at the opponent and you say, Lord, I I, I can't even handle this. Where you look at, forget about the opponent, you look at yourself and you say, God, I can't can't do this. I, I, I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. I can't even step into the ring with this thing. You know, I was I was with my wife last yesterday and we were talking about life cuz life brings a lot of changes. And life brings a lot of heartaches. And, and husbands and wife, if you're here today, I I want to let you know that your wife and your husband is in your team. It's so hard to live this life with a separated team. I pray that and I encourage you today to be unified in spirit and in truth. Because you will need each other for this walk. Besides God, that is your, your number one teammate. Man. So we were talking about life and where life has led us. And we are just having one of those moments. And we were listening to a song at the moment. And the song said, You beat my enemies destroyed my woes you gave me their heads and it says and all I did was pray all I did was worship and all I did was praise and you placed a crown on my head there's nothing you could do church but to allow Christ to work through you and in you there's nothing you can do you know, today your heart may be tainted, your heart may be very far from what God wants in your life. The last thing you see are the characteristics and the attributes of God in your, in your life. But I want to pray for you. I want to I extend my prayers for you if you really feel that your heart is, is not where it needs to be in certain areas. If the last thing you have in your heart is pure right now and purity in, in anything that you do, if that's an area that you struggle with, I'm going to ask you to please stay.